This is TM Camp, and you're listening to the podcast edition of my novel, Assam and Darjeeling. Book 3. Purgatory. Chapter 3. Well, said the shaggy man, pushing his chair away from the table with a contented sigh, that should, I hope, satisfy us for a while. He patted his stomach affectionately. Did the two of you get enough to eat? Assam nodded. Yes, thank you very much. Thank not the fisherman nor the line he cast, the shaggy man intoned. Give thanks to the fish and the river that delivered the fish in time for your repast. Amen, she said. Don't talk with your mouth full, Assam told her. I'm not, she said, swallowing. No, no, the man said mildly, crossing his knife and fork on his plate. He leaned back in his chair and smiled at the two of them. One of the cats hopped up into his lap and meowed into his face. The trouble with cats, he said with a chuckle, is that they have a tendency to be a little bossy. The cat contradicted him loudly. A few of the others sitting on the floor around his chair took up the argument as well. Soon the room was filled with their calls. More swarmed in from other parts of the house to add their opinion to the debate. The shaggy man sighed. The chief appeal of spending a nice quiet evening at home, he said loudly so as to be heard over the noise, is the relaxing atmosphere and ambiance. More wine... This last was directed at Assam, who shook his head and said, No, thank you. The glass in front of him was more than half full, and he planned to keep it that way. And you? G wrinkled her nose at the offer. Earlier in the evening, the wine had been a point of contention between the children. We are not allowed to have wine, G had whispered fiercely to her brother. Who says? Mom and Dad? Oh, really? Assam looked down at her archly, pitching his voice so that the shaggy man, who was humming in the kitchen as he prepared dinner, wouldn't hear. So, Mom and Dad have told you explicitly that you cannot have wine. Yes. She didn't know what explicitly meant, and she wasn't about to ask. They've said, No, no, Julia, no wine for you. They've actually used those words. There was a fractional hesitation before she took the plunge into outright lying. Yes. Assam didn't even blink. Well, they've never said it to me. The shaggy man poked his head in from the kitchen. Sorry to interrupt the amateur forensics, but what's the verdict? Wine or no? Yes, please, the boy said at the same time that his sister said, No, thank you. Assam didn't need psychic powers to know she was glaring at him. He ignored her. The shaggy man nodded. Well, there'll be a bottle on the table. White, I think, since it's fish again tonight. So you're welcome to partake if you're so inclined. Of course, this last bit was directed at G, there's no obligation to do so. And I promise I won't let either of you get behind the wheel of any heavy machinery afterwards. He winked, scratched his beard, 
and ducked back inside the kitchen. They could hear him humming with renewed vigor. I'm telling, G fired point blank at her brother. One sip, and I'm telling. Assam scratched one of the cats behind the ears. You'd do that, he said without looking up. You tell him. I will. Fine. You tell him that while we were in the underworld rescuing Mom, a crazy old man with a hundred cats invited us home for dinner. Assam adopted a parental tone in reply to his statement. And who was this man? He took on a babyish voice, obviously meant to be her. I don't know, but he was bald and he wore a fur coat and he lived in a house that he drew himself. More from the parent voice. So he's an architect? Baby voice. No, he drew it in the air with a pencil. Uh-huh. Assam dropped the voices and looked at her. Yeah, go ahead and tell him. I'd like to hear how that conversation turns out. I'd like it very much. He waited while she formulated her answer. He could tell she was struggling for something suitably withering. Finally, she said, He didn't draw it. Yes, he did. She stared him down. He sketched it. Yeah, big difference there. Shut up. She flopped down on the sofa. He shrugged. Fine, that's one in a row for you. Way to go. After a long moment, she asked, How did he do that? Assam, still petting the cat, said, I have no idea. It was, considering everything that had been up to that point, certainly one of the strangest things he'd ever seen. And he'd seen a lot so far. And Z is the happy snore from my big full tummy. The shaggy man reeled in the last fish in the alphabet and set down his pole. He stretched his arms to the sky, arching his back until his spine cracked like fireworks. Well then, he said generally to the cats and the children, to the river and the sky. I expect that's enough for dinner. He snapped the lid of the basket closed and slung it over his shoulder. Would you like to join us? He asked Assam and G. There's plenty to go around. G nodded, suddenly very hungry. She couldn't remember the last time she'd eaten. Assam started to speak and stopped, letting out a sudden, involuntary gasp. He began to cough, uncontrollably. It was as if his whole throat had been coated with sand. The cats all leapt up and ran off. They sat a safe distance away, watching him, wary. Assam heaved and growled as, at his sister to stop slapping him on the back. Finally, the cough subsided. He cleared his throat roughly, setting off another ragged coughing fit. Are you okay? G asked him, genuinely concerned. He nodded, trying to keep the coughs under control. The shaggy man was digging in the pockets of his big brown coat. Hold on, son, he said with concern. We'll get you sorted out. He pulled out a small stub of pencil with a triumphant flourish. Assam stared at him, baffled and still choking. What are you doing? G asked. 
The shaggy man stared into the air in front of him. I'm taking this home, he said absentmindedly. Where's your home? I told you, the shaggy man said, licking the tip of the pencil. The elephant house. What's that? It's my home. He raised the pencil and placed the tip of it gently on the air in front of his face. Is it... Is it far? Assam managed to choke out. No. The shaggy man laid his palm flat against the air. No, not far at all. And then, carefully, he drew the tip of the pencil down, all the way to the ground, leaving a dark line scratched into the air in front of him. He stepped a few feet to the right and drew another line similar to the first, connecting the two of them at the top with a horizontal one. Working quickly with his pencil, the shaggy man soon had the space between the lines filled in with crushed hatch shadow. He stepped back and admired his work, nodding to himself. It was, of course, a door, simple and unadorned, a little bit rough in places, almost sketchy, even. The cats clamored around it, mewling softly and taking turns to rub against the shaggy man's legs. Assam was so dumbfounded he nearly forgot to cough. Here we are, Shaggy Man said. Almost home. He put his hand out towards the door and stopped with a frown. Blast, he muttered, digging into his pocket for the pencil. He drew a hasty knob and stowed his pencil one mo once more. He looked back at the children. The real question is, of course, he trailed off, staring at Assam. Easy now? The shaggy man leapt forward, catching the boy as he fell. What's wrong with him? G asked with alarm. What happened? I don't have the slightest idea, the shaggy man said, hefting the boy in his arms. But we should get him back home so I can figure it out. He jerked his head towards the door in the air. My hands seem to be full. Could you give me a hand with the door, Dolly? She could, and did, despite being called Dolly, of all things. She reached for the oval knob that he'd drawn and hesitated a moment. It looked two-dimensional, flat, almost pretend. She glanced up at the shaggy man, and he nodded impatiently. She closed her eyes and took the knob in her hand. She turned it, feeling a little click. Behind her, she heard a murmur of anticipation ripple through the cat's, then, with a sound not entirely unlike paper being torn, she pushed the door open. The cats flowed through the open door like the tide coming in. The shaggy man carefully edged past her, bearing the limp body of her brother in his arms. She saw as he passed that Assam's face was very pale. Be sure to lock it, please, the shaggy man called to her from inside. I don't know who's following you, but he is not welcome in my house. She waited until the last of the cats had gone through, and then she followed, closing and latching the door behind her as he'd asked. Darkness. She could hear the shaggy man shuffling in the room, and she felt the warm slide of cats around her feet. A harsh scratch, a match flared to life, 
a faint light flickering over the room and the intent face of the shaggy man. He went around the room lighting candles, washing the shadows away and revealing in bits and pieces her brother lying on a small sofa. Soon the room was steeped in warm, flickering light. Come in, come in, the shaggy man said in a sing-song voice. You are safe, you are welcome, come in. But whether he was singing to the children or the cats, G couldn't tell. She wondered if they were safe, if maybe he was putting a spell on them with his little song. The shaggy man finished the candles and sang out, Hello, kitties, are you hungry? Are you hungry? The cats began meowing in response, and he sang back to them. I thought you might be. I thought you were. He picked up a candlestick and walked through an archway, disappearing from sight. Many of the cats followed after him. G could hear him singing in the other room. She sat down on the edge of the couch. She decided that he wasn't putting a spell on them. He was just being friendly. They were just a few more strays he'd picked up. We're not strays, her brother whispered. She turned to see that he was awake, staring at her. You don't need to worry, he's safe. At least we're safe with him. G started to answer and stopped. She realized that she hadn't said anything, but he'd still answered her. Ever since she'd been a little girl, her brother had always been something else. He knew things. He could find things that were lost, but this was different, almost like he'd read her mind. Almost, he agreed. Oh. My. God. But it's not like reading. It's more like one of those magic pictures with all the dots. And if you stare at them long enough and hold your head in the right way, all of a sudden you can see the picture behind the dots. He closed his eyes again. G wondered, briefly, if she'd imagined the whole thing, if she was going crazy. You didn't, he said, eyes still closed. You aren't. He sighed. And you can stop staring at me any time you want. Thanks. There was a clatter from beyond the archway. A few cats ran back through the arch and hid under the sofa. G got up and walked around the room. She had no idea what was going on, but she was pretty sure she didn't like it. She stood for a moment, staring at a set of candles burning on a small table. She ran her hand over the wood and stopped. There was something odd about the table, about how it felt, and it didn't look quite right either. She cocked her head and bent for a closer look. It's not really there, her brother said from the sofa. I mean... I think it's not real. I can't tell exactly, but I think all of the furniture and stuff here is... They're drawings, G said. It's not real. She ran her finger across the tabletop. Someone drew it. Someone drew all of this. Her brother didn't answer. She looked back at him. He was staring up into the eyes of a little cat perched on the back of the sofa. What? He didn't answer. What are you doing? She asked. You're freaking me out. Stop it. Quiet, he said in a low voice, 
eyes fixed on the cats. They stared at each other for a few moments longer. Then the cat turned its head and yawned. It walked across the top of the couch, hopped down, and left the room through the archway. Assam turned his head to look at G. What did you say? What were you doing? When? Just now, with the cat, she said, exasperated. What's going on? I'm not really sure, he said with a shrug, but I think I'm starting to get the hang of it. Another loud noise came through the archway, as though someone had dropped a large metal frying pan on the floor, which is, of course, exactly what had happened. Everything's under control, the shaggy man called. No need to worry. It was harder when all the cats were going at once. Assam sat up. It was like sitting in a room full of radios all turned to different stations going full blast. Wait a second. G had a hard enough time believing he could read other people's minds, let alone cats, too. I can't read minds, he said. You did? You just read mine? No, I can... Listen, I can listen in on things a little bit, but it's jumbled and complicated, and the cats are harder to hear. They kind of whisper. What are they saying? G asked. They're saying, the shaggy man said from behind her, that it's time for dinner. He was standing in the alcove. He held a rag in one hand, a glass of wine in the other. There was a frilly lace apron tied around his fur coat. The cat streamed in through the door around him, mewing loudly. She wondered if they were commenting on his apron. She thought he looked like someone had stapled a doily to a grizzly bear. Be nice, her brother murmured, holding his hand out to her to help sit him up. I don't like this new thing, she thought as she glared at him. You should stay out of my head from now on. He shrugged. Feeling better, I see, the shaggy man nodded. That's good. I need the space. Excuse me. Assam and G stepped to one side and watched as something happened. Though they saw it with their own eyes, they didn't quite believe it. The shaggy man wadded up a rag in his fist and used it to scrub out the sofa, erasing it completely. In a few swift strokes, it was completely gone. Once he'd finished, he pulled out the pencil from his pocket and deftly sketched a table and three spindly-legged chairs where once the sofa had been. G blinked. The shaggy man stood back, admiring his work. What do you think? he asked them. Should we forego the candlelight or should we be formal and fancy? Formal, G said, without hesitation. The man nodded and quickly drew two tall candlesticks rising up like Greek columns in the center of the table. Leaning forward, he carefully drew a small scrap of flame at the tip of each one. She didn't know you could draw fire, and she said so. It's possible, the shaggy man said, but you have to be careful not to burn the paper. One of the cats hopped up onto the tabletop and was just as quickly shooed off. 
Down you go, Harold. The shaggy man swatted the cat's rump as it left off. Meanest cat I ever knew was one who singed his whiskers on a candlestick. You don't want to end up like him, do you? Trusting nothing and no one, never able to walk through a doorway again? G stroked the cat's offense away. Why is he named Harold? Hmm? The shaggy man grinned. His teeth were like books on a shelf. Well, I suppose it's because Purple Crayon was a bit too obvious. He rubbed his hands together. Now then, he looked back and forth between them. Which one of you is least likely to embarrass yourself in the kitchen? I know how to use the toaster, G volunteered. Ah, the man stroked his beard. And what a help that will be in twelve hours' time when I'm ready to make breakfast. He turned to Assam. How about you, boy? To what degree have you risen in your culinary skills? Um, Assam thought for a moment. Um, I made eggs once, on Mother's Day. Eggs? The shaggy man beamed. Why, that's practically the same as fish, only not so much. He shook his head. Well, we do not discriminate here at the Elephant House, except against you, of course. The man looked pointedly to G, and then took the boy by the shoulder. So we will have to hope that the lessons your brother learned from his single experience with prepartum poultry will suffice in the unhappy case of Señor Pescado y sus amigos. And with that, he led Assam away into the kitchen. As they passed through the archway, the man called back to G. Mind the candles, Dolly. And then they were gone. G sat down heavily in one of the shaggy man's sketchy chairs, half hoping it would break. One of the cats hopped up into her lap almost immediately. It was a gingery cat with dark freckles on its nose. She stroked its arching back and ran her hand down its ridiculously long tail. Eggs, she said to her new companion as it settled down into her lap. Eggs are for breakfast also. You'd think he would know that. The cat, already dozing, didn't reply. You've been listening to Assam and Darjeeling, written and performed by T.M. Camp. A new chapter from the book is available each week, free to download at the iTunes Store. To find out more about Assam and Darjeeling, to read my weblog, or to send me your questions and feedback, visit my website at www.tmcamp.com. I hope to hear from you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you soon.
This podcast was written, performed, and produced by T.M. Camp and may not be copied, distributed, transcribed, or otherwise reproduced without his express written permission. These rights are asserted in direct opposition to all Creative Commons licensing standards and practices. Even listening to this damn thing is probably illegal. In fact, you should stop right now, just in case the feds are closing in on you. I'd wipe your hard drive, too, just to be safe. You don't want them to find all those Lipstick Jungle episodes you downloaded from BitTorrent, do you? Wait, did you hear that? Just outside the window? I think it's one of their robotic hounds. The new models have night vision now, you know. And they see everything. Oh my god. I think... I think they might already be in the house. <laughs>